This is a preview from our angel story today. One person to another person sharing stories of a life well lived, even including, you know, the difficulty that we all will withstand at one point or another if we haven't already. This really becomes a tool for us to see ourselves through the lens of microjoys, to see our world through this lens, and to take this concept that might feel much bigger and normalize it. Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that if you do daily are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with Cindy Spiegel. She's the author of Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. And friends, I know that we have all been there and we all know that we're going to go through things in the future. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation. Cindy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited we made it happen. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, when I was reading this book, you were talking about how I don't think this is the book that you thought you were going to write, that so much happened within a very short period of time, health stuff going on, grief stuff. Talk to us a little bit about maybe where you thought you were going and where God Universe Source took you. Yeah. So I wrote a book prior to this called A Year of Positive Thinking, and I always knew that I would continue to write books. In 2020, as we all collectively went into a global pandemic, my 32-year-old nephew was killed walking to a friend's house. My mother passed away four months later. My brother went into cardiac arrest. Within, He was in the ICU for 12, 10 weeks. And within a month of him coming home, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So all of that happened within a 10-month period of time. And it really is what led me down this path of what I now refer to as micro joys. And, and micro joys, just to back up a tiny bit, are these sort of easily accessible moments of joy that are available to us regardless of our current circumstances. You know, when I was in the middle of grieving my nephew and then my mom and then possibly my brother and my own diagnosis, I recognize these moments of joy that seem to already be there, right? Because what I couldn't do in that moment was to reach. I couldn't go out of my way to look for joy. I needed what was already there so that I could experience it in the midst of my own grieving. And so I say in the book, I could not have planned to write micro joys. You know, I never set out to write micro joys. They really became 
something that I started to talk about social media, Instagram, as these moments of respite in the middle of everything that was happening, they became these sort of breaks in time. You know, they didn't change what I was struggling with. They didn't change what I was moving through, but they simply offered me these moments of respite. No. And I started to talk about them on Instagram and then slowly other folks started sending me their own micro joys. And it just kind of went from there where a year after all of that, we decided that this would be a book and here we are. Yeah. My heart so goes out to you because to go through what you went through, even in a 10 year period would have been a lot to go through in 10 years, but you went through it in 10 months. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about capacity, you know, capacity, meaning you have these times in life, if somebody doesn't understand what capacity is, where you're frustrated, right? And you're snapping at your kids or you're snapping at your spouse, or you're just on edge constantly. If you're in that state, you're at capacity. You have so much going on in your life that you're filled to the brim and you just can't take any more. When you were going through so much in a small period of time, did you feel that you were maxed out capacity-wise? And how did spirit, how does micro joys maybe make more capacity? So it's a great question because I think for any of us, right? When we are going through that much at one time, there comes a point when capacity or not, we have to keep moving. And that's where I was, right? I was at capacity after my nephew was murdered. You know, there's at capacity when you can sort of shift that. And there's at capacity when you're like, but I have to keep going. And I was in the latter, I have to keep moving. And for me, where spirit really comes in, I know there was two different parts of that question, but where spirit really came in for me was I reached this breaking point when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, where the only option was to surrender. There was nothing that I could do. There was nothing that I was quote unquote in control of. All I could do was surrender and allow whatever existed in the universe that is bigger than me to take over. Because whether I made it difficult and chose not to surrender or surrendered, something else was running the show and it wasn't me. And so micro joys really allowed me in my own surrender to accept that there was still beauty that existed in the world, despite what I was moving through. And micro joys really allowed me to hold this sort of idea that we could feel joy and grief at the exact same time, that we could feel lost and untethered at the exact same time of feeling moments of happiness or laughter. So they really just became this way of coming home to myself this way of reconnecting to myself in the middle of everything. So I was way past capacity at that point. Yes. So go into that deeper because what Spirit has been bringing through lately is this message of the way that we move forward as a collective is we have been theorizing. Is that the right way to say Theorizing, yeah. <laughs> Philosophicalizing, you know, all of these bigger topics for so long, for thousands of years. And Spirit has been saying where we are at right now is really breaking it down to experiences. Like when you share your experiences of 
this is like an example of what I went through and other people can relate it to their lives, that's where we're going to adopt and implement and really see huge change. So let's start at the point where you surrendered because that control, like what does that control feel like or what did it feel like for you? And what did it feel like to surrender? And I guess, third question, do you have to continue surrendering daily? Oh gosh, there was so much there. First, I want to just speak to the point about philosophizing and, you know, we've sort of taken these concepts and we've talked about them and we've wrung them out, you know, and they're out there, but regular folks like us don't necessarily connect to that. And that was really important to me when writing micro joys is that I not tell you how to move through your own loss, grief, or difficulty. But instead, what I do is show you through the lens of narrative and essays, what some of my own lived experiences are and were, because that is how we make something. That is how we take this bigger concept, whatever it is, and really start to process it and own it in our own lives. And that was my whole goal and hope really, not goal, but hope with microjoys is that this really becomes a tool for us to see ourselves through the lens of micro joys, to see our world through this lens and to take this concept that might feel much bigger and normalize it, right? Normalize it in our every, this does not need to be a big academic topic, right? This is just one person to another person sharing stories of a life well-lived, including, you know, the difficulty that we all will withstand at one point or another if we haven't already. The second part of that question, surrender. What did it feel like to surrender? You know, I love that you brought up capacity a few minutes ago because I think most of us know what that feels like. We know what it feels like when we just can't go beyond where we are. We cannot take another step. You know, I call it those, I call it our fall to our knees moments. You know, when we literally can just fall to our knees because we are so clear in that moment that we are not in control. And for me, after being diagnosed with breast cancer, I just remember saying, is this a joke? Like, how could this possibly be happening? And I really went back and forth between how could this be happening? Is this a joke? Between that and the other end of the spectrum, which is, you know, of course this can happen to you, Cindy. You're not special. Like this just happens sometimes. It has nothing to do with you, the individual. But it really, it felt surrender. You know, the words that want to come out of my mouth are giving in, but it really felt like the opposite of that, like a surrendering to something bigger than me. So almost a supporting versus giving in or a being supported. It was, it was me saying, I am now ready to be supported by whoever is in charge because it's not me versus I am giving up. Almost kind of like when they talk about in somatic work, like if you feel right now how you're seated, seating, seated in your chair and you're kind of like holding yourself up. But then when somebody says, no, feel that the chair is supporting you and it's coming up and it's like you're melting into the chair. So I love how what you just said made me feel like you surrender in to, I guess, the chair that is God universe source and allowing it to hold you. Mm -hmm. Because truly when we are at capacity, there's very little else we can do if we want to move through it. You know, we can continue to struggle and we can continue to use all of our physical weight to hold ourselves up. But at some point you will no longer be able to physically hold yourself up and you have to surrender to the chair. 
in this, you know, in, in this analogy. And that's what it felt like. It just felt like one of those moments where I'm like, I cannot possibly hold myself up. And do I continue to surrender every day? Not always, you know, I think it's our human, it's the human way to learn lessons and have to relearn them over and over and over again, God willing for a very long time. So though I'm very aware of what it looks like to surrender, and though I wrote this beautiful book about what it looks like to surrender, and I think that, you know, it's dangerous, I think, to have the expectation that we learn something once and it's in there forever. And I think that is what's so important about books and podcasts and ways that we share information. You know, I do a lot of public speaking and something I always say at the beginning is I am not going to say anything that you don't already know. And it's important that I say that and share that even now because we already, we, the collective, we already know all of this stuff, but we, the collective, we also need to be reminded of it often because we easily forget. Friends, we'll get right back to the episode here in a second, but here's what I wanted you to know. Spirit has been channeling in this message of we need to be building communities, spiritual communities around the world where people can get together in person more. And so um, I had a period of a couple of weeks where Spirit was just waking me up in the middle of the night, waking me up, and I began toying with these different ideas of how we can do this. And I think we've put together uh, a really amazing concept of how we can build communities around the world. I am looking for volunteers. If you want to build out a community in your area, we're going to be bringing together a group of volunteers who's going to be building a community in their area. And if this is something that you're interested in, and we need people to help in different ways with um, marketing, actually running a group in their community, and it's not as much work as you would think it would be, maybe a couple hours a week. If this is something that you're interested in, I want you to raise your hand by emailing me over at juliejancis at gmail.com. That's Julie. Jancis at gmail.com. The email address is in the show notes below. Friends, I know that together we can build something very, very special. And uh, I can't wait for you to join in, hear about it, and help with this ginormous, amazing, miraculous volunteer project. I think we're going to be putting together an amazing network of souls and not trying to sell anything, just really bringing people together in community. This is just really on my heart right now. Um, so if you want to help, reach out. We'd love to have you as a volunteer. We'd love to help you set up a community in your area. The other thing I just want to say is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody who has joined the Angel Membership, who has booked a session, who's getting certified in the Angel Reiki School. Thank you so much for just supporting the work that we do here. You make this podcast possible and you make it possible for us to do so much great work within the world. And I'm just really, really proud of this community because you have no idea, and I'll talk about it in a future episode, but we are helping 
the world in many, many different ways. Um, you can also join us over on the free Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe on Facebook, where you can learn all about new stuff that we have always going on. Friends, I love you so much. Here we go back into the episode. So talk to people about how micro joys, like how it kind of came to you, what it means to you, and how people can embrace the philosophy of micro joys in their everyday life. Yeah. So micro joys came to me. Now I will say when I first remember experiencing it, I didn't have a name for it. It was actually the week after my nephew passed away. We were, as a family, going through photo albums. Now, mind you, this is in the middle of a pandemic. So the service we were going to have for him was going to be very small. But we were going through photo albums of his childhood. And through tears, because we were so actively grieving at that point, we started laughing, like hysterical laughing at these pictures of him as a, as a little boy and graduated in high school and sort of moving through his life. And there was such humor and joy and moments of happiness, even though we were in tears of grief. And so it was in hindsight that I don't recall exactly how that moment came up. Oh, I do know. I think I was outside and I was noticing flowers that were blooming. And I'll come back to my nephew in a second. I was noticing flowers that were blooming and I thought for a split second, God, thank you for that. Like a moment to relax, even with everything happening. And so that feeling got me to thinking about what is this thing and when else have you experienced it? And that's when I thought about the photo album with my nephew and how it allowed us to feel these very different emotions at the exact same time without needing to sugarcoat one, without needing to suppress the other. But instead, it was this moment of feeling all of it. And even as I talked about something as ordinary, maybe as a spring flower blooming, what's not ordinary is us noticing it. What's not ordinary is that it will happen regardless of whether we notice it, right? And so in life, there are all of these moments of joy and beauty and sort of wisdom that exist and coexist with everything else that we are going through. And that's really powerful to know because in our day-to-day, we have a choice, right? We have a choice, not in everything, but in deciding to recognize and see what is happening around us. Now, it's really important that I continue to say, right, that micro joys allow us to hold multiple emotions, right? They don't tell us to only feel good. They don't tell us that we can't feel, quote unquote, bad or negative, right? They say we can hold all of it. We have the capacity to hold all of it. And what micro joys are doing is simply requiring our presence. They are requiring that we be present to what's happening around us so that we have the strength, the wisdom, the courage to hold the difficulty too, right? So they offer us these moments, these breaks in whatever else is happening to really experience joy more deeply. And any of us can do that at any time. It's interesting that you talk about coming to that realization through the pictures because this year has been a pretty heavy one myself. 
My grandma passed away, and some people don't know about some other things that I might talk about here, but grandma passed away in January, and I had lived with her off and on throughout my childhood, and we went back and we were looking at pictures, and everybody has that moment of just looking back and reminiscing and just laughing at these amazing times and memories and just savoring that. And as you were just talking right before, it kind of brought me back to that feeling of surrender you were talking about, where in our everyday life, we can have those anxieties and those stressors. We're more in like this clenched energy within our physical body. But when you're coming into those micro joys and, and just remembering us looking at those photos and laughing, it was an unclenchedness. It's a surrender. It is that just kind of relaxing into the moment, really being present with the energy of joy that's in that moment. Mm, it's a freedom, right? It's a freedom within all of these restraints or confines. You know, it's a relaxation in, it's a moment of separation from all that ails us, from all that we're struggling with. I think the way you just described it was really beautiful because it really is this feeling of not being sort of this tight ball of everything that's going, but it is real freedom of relaxing in and out. And we can have those in every day. And I, I just went on a walk right before this with a neighbor. And she said, because I, I said, I got an interview at two, you know, I got to get back. And she goes, what's the interview <laughs> on? I said, micro joys. And she goes, oh, <laughs> she goes, my life coach always says that you have these moments in every day and that it has to become a philosophy within your life to really try and live where you have and you bring in intentionally more of that, those moments. And I could see where, you know, what you're talking about and then her statement, when you make it that intention and your philosophy, I'm going to add this in there. She equated it to when you have children and they say it should be 90% positive or positive reinforcement and 10%, you know, those warnings or developmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and she was saying, if you can learn and focus in on bringing in more like 90% joy and 10% is that stress anxiety, it really starts to shift the energy of your life. And I am feeling that like through our interview right now in our conversation that, you know, the more that you intentionally mm -hmm. melt mm -hmm. into those joyous moments, it's a really actually doing something energy-wise within your physical body, probably for your cells, for your organs, for everything. Yeah. No, I think it definitely, there's a very physical, uh, there's definitely an energy behind it. And there's a very tangible feeling behind it. You know, what I'll also say in response to that is micro joys are not so much about finding 90% of the joys and 10% of the development. You know, what they are instead is saying where you are is where you should be. And still you can find joy here, right? Because if we are, and this is really important in the, this sort of premise of the book, if we are constantly trying to feel our way out of feelings that are perceived as negative, they will come up again. They will find a way out. So micro joys really says like, allow them to exist right now and allow joy to coexist with them, right? 
don't necessarily try to shift your feelings and emotions, right? Allow them to be, allow them to move through you however they will, but know that there is a level of conscious choice in noticing and awareness of what is around us, of the joy and the beauty and the wisdom that is around us. And so that I think is what's most important to remember. It's not this false sense of joy when we really don't feel it because we're human, right? And we're going to go through all the stuff and all of the, the spectrum of emotions, but it's saying we can do them at the same time. Yeah. So not like intentionally trying to force joy, just living. And just experiencing and when something strikes your, you know, your heart, like when I was on that walk, everything's in bloom right now. All of the cherry blossoms are out. And so I saw this magnificent cherry blossom tree and it just like, oh, it made my heart radiate with that joy and just like feeling it. Yes. I love that whole description because regardless of what you were going through before you went on that walk and saw that cherry blossom tree. That tree was there and it was blooming anyway, right? So even if you were having a really difficult day and you went out, the only thing you had to do was notice because that tree was going to be there blooming, right? But most times we walk right past it. We walk right past it. And what a missed opportunity for joy that is. You didn't have to force it, right? You didn't have to force anything. You simply were present enough to acknowledge the beautiful blooming cherry blossoms. Now, this is interesting too, because my audience knows that when I was coming into my gifts and my dad had just passed, I went through a period where I had suicidal thoughts and it really deteriorated fast within three weeks and I got help and went to the hospital for a while. It was a coworker who drove me to the hospital and she stayed in contact with me after. And she said, Julie, we went on a walk one day a couple of weeks before we were walking from like one building to another building for a meeting. And she said, you didn't notice anything blooming outside. And she said, and I pointed it out and you kind of like glazed right over it. And she said, that was the first point though, that I think I became aware of not even tuning in and being present within my life. And I think that there are a lot of people like that, where they're just moving so fast through life that they're not seeing what's around them. And if we can take a walk, right, like even for work and and not see what's blooming around us, it made me question, what else was I missing? What am I missing as my daughter grows up? What am I missing in my marriage and my partnership? What am I missing that's coming up for myself and I'm not even seeing? How do people go from that point of just kind of waking up to joy to really allowing it to fully, uh, maybe fully embrace it, right? Yeah. It's a great question, right? Because it comes down to, well, I like this idea, but how does it apply? You know, like, what do I do with it? And everything that you just said about how we move through the world without noticing, that is so incredibly common. Mm -hmm. We have so many different things to pull our attention that we're all over the place. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, if you're maybe not present all the time. And I want to stress that it's simply the way our world works today where our attention is all over, right? So one of the things that's most important in this practice is to learn the tool that is presence. 
And something that I do, which sounds really simple, but I want to come back to what you said in a second, is I will set the timer on my phone for five minutes. And because I can't trust myself with my phone in front of me, I move it to the dining room table. I go sit in a corner in my living room. So it's close enough that I can hear it when the alarm goes off because I set a timer for five minutes, but far enough away that I can't scroll. So I sit in the chair for five minutes and I will literally name what I see in my apartment. I will say, that's a red frame. Look at those, you know, look at new stems on on the plant. Look at this. So I will vary it essentially by naming it. And you can choose whether you want to say this, like do this out loud or not. But it is bringing all of your attention from being all around you to close up to saying, what do I see? What, What do I see that is in front of me right now? You can do this anywhere. I happen to sit in my living room and do it. And I'll tell you the beauty of doing it in a space that you're very familiar with is that the more you do this, the more you start to notice things you hadn't noticed before. Even though it's your space and you may have designed and chosen and picked everything in it, our space shifts and changes and we forget things. It sort of builds this relationship to presence right? Where it seems a little bit mundane, right? If we do this activity over, and I hate to call it an activity, but if we experience this over and over again, the practice, thank you. But it really does sort of retrain the way that we think to simply notice what's around us so that when we are not in our homes or wherever we're doing, you know, we're practicing that, we start to become almost hyper aware of what's happening around us. And that means that our attention gets pulled away from social media. It's not focusing on the things that aren't in front of us in that moment, you know? So our brain doesn't have to go a million miles a minute. It gets to slow down to the pace that we are walking. It gets to slow down and truly experience what is happening around us. So presence, practice presence over and over again. Okay. So... There has been a lot that has happened within this year. I referenced that just a little bit ago. And my mom moving with us. There's a number of people in my inner circle that are going through divorces right now. Just to be clear to my audience, I'm not going through a divorce, but you know, it's a lot to be there for other people to help them through that time in their lives. And you went through so much in a short period of time. And you've talked to so many people about micro joys and the things that they've experienced. I had to keep telling myself like this too shall pass. God's got this. I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's all going to be okay. We're going to do everything we can and take action, but it's all going to be okay. Where do, what do you do when you're in that time where it's just something so big and you have no control whatsoever? Yeah. And I'm really sorry that you all are going through that. You know, we talked a little bit before about surrendering in. Something that I talk about in microjoys a lot and in my work a lot is impermanence. This too shall pass. Everything, no matter how good, no matter how perceived bad, it will pass. Right. And that's a really core tenet of my work and of my way of being in the world because it allows me to step away from my ego. Right. When I say, oh, she's been on the Today Show, you've been here, you've been, it's like, but I'm not that. That moment's going to pass. Right. Same thing is true of that 10 month period of time. Right. And I say 10 months because that's when everything happened, but obviously the ripple effect of that happened is still happening years later. I had to constantly remind myself 
how impermanent that moment was too. Everything is temporary. Everything is impermanent. And I remember this, and I will always remember this. I love a good post-it. I had the word impermanence posted in my bathroom, posted in my office, posted on the lamp next to my bed, because I needed to constantly be reminded that this was going to pass, that this was a moment in time. And similarly to the practice of presence, you know, that that exercise that I talked about before is, are these small reminders, you know, these things that we need to know, placing them everywhere, allowing them to be as real for us as possible, right? It's one thing for me to say everything's impermanent. It's another thing for you to see that word over and over and over again, right? There's inside of my bathroom is a magnet. Inside of my bathroom mirror is a magnet. And it says with, with hope, anything is possible. I've had this magnet on the inside of my bathroom mirror for years. It's moved apartments with me. It's moved states with me. Because when I open my cabinet every morning, which I will do, I want to be reminded of that. And it's the same with this, you know, the post-its that I just talked about. Because truly, even in the situation that you're going through right now, there is a certain amount of you can only impact what you can. You're not in control of this either, right? And most of us are not in control of most of these situations. So what we do is we take the next best step. That's all we got is the very next best step. What can I do? There are many things you can't do, but what can I do? I know this moment will pass, but what can I do right now? Another reason that I believe so deeply in the power of micro joys and the power of presence, because Sometimes our brains need a little bit of a break to even think reasonably. And if we're spiraling, which we all do, right? If we can't get these thoughts out of our mind in the middle of the night, we can't make smart decisions. We can't make better choices because our brain needs to take a break. It needs respite. It doesn't change the situation right? But it simply allows us to de-escalate for a moment, for five minutes, for 10 minutes to de-escalate and to step away from the situation and then give this thought again and say, what is the next best step that I can take? And I think that that's what helped so much this entire year. You know, when I channel spirit, I just follow whatever they say is what I'm going with. And they said that 2023 was going to be the year of ease and healing the whole you, mind, body, and and spirit. That's what we have been focusing on as a community. And I think a lot of people, I've learned from spirit enough to know that this is not the case, but I did think this early on, and I see where a lot of people make the same assumption, is uh, when spirit says it's going to be the year of ease or the year of joy, that it's like perfect, right? And that that abundance or that ease comes in with just like, no challenge whatsoever, but that's obviously like not the case. And a lot of times it comes in with a tremendous amount of, of lesson and learning because that's how they get to grow you to where you need to be. But it's been amazing because they've also shown how much ease you can bring into your life. It is a matter though of holding all of the emotions at once. And that is not 
something that we talk about often enough. So much of how society is built is very much, I guess, black and white of like you're boxing yourself in. I am either feeling good or I am feeling bad. No, you can feel both at the same time. I am either feeling excitement or, you know, down. No, you can feel both at the the exact same time. How do you allow yourself in the moment? Because I think this just goes by so fast as we're living it. How do you allow yourself to feel the duality of all these different things at once? You said a mouthful. And I kid you not when I say the entire introduction is based on exactly this concept right? The duality that is the, the, the non-duality really of this world that we live in. And this idea- What do we call that, Cindy? What do we call that? Do we call that multi-ality or- <laughs> <laughs> I think we don't even need to name it. We simply yeah. need to accept that all of it is true. You know, like our default wants to name it because that our brain wants to create, you know, sort of sections and boxes for everything. So the idea that non-duality is the place that we live, even that we want to name. It's like, no, it doesn't need a name. It's simply accepting that all of it is true. And sometimes at the exact same time, you know, it is easier to have answers. It is easier to assume that everything will go well. It is easier to hear the word ease and go, whew, glad I escaped any difficulty. That's easier. And who of us doesn't want that? You know, I always want easier. I mean, don't we all want easier? I don't want to work that hard if I don't have to. (laughs) But the reality, right, is that is not the absence of difficulty. Joy is not the absence of sorrow. It's not the absence of grief. All of these things exist at one time, and it is incredibly human for us to want to find an answer. One way of being, if I could just do this, then this would happen. But that's just not life. Life is not, life doesn't come to us wrapped in a pretty bow, no matter how much we'd like to, we'd like for it to. And I think that is, it's such an important conversation, right? And again, I kid you not when I say it's the whole, it's, it's, it's repeated over and over again in the book. This idea that there are these moments in life, right? We have black and we have white, these really high highs and these really low lows. But the majority of life is gray. The majority of life is lived in the in-between where neither this or that is true, but instead all of it is true. And I feel like I'm getting very philosophical and I don't want to do that, but it's this real understanding that we are connected to everything right? And that connection, we don't get to pick or choose what that is. If it's only the good stuff or it's not the good stuff, it's everything. And everything means all of it. And that we will feel many different things and move through many different experiences in this lifetime. And we don't always get a choice in the matter. There was a question you asked me and I've lost it because I was so excited to talk about non-duality. Well, you know, as you were talking, I mean, I I know I'm still trying to name it here and I don't mean to, but it's almost just the art of beingness. Mm, Yes. The art of humanness, of beingness, the art of existing. The art of existing. It's like maybe, maybe all of this is about just existing in the world, in this plane of existence, you know? I just got... Yeah, that just totally lit my heart on fire. Mm, Yes. That's it. It's like if we could... Each of us individually find ways to allow ourselves to be okay in the discomfort 
of not having names and boxes to place things in, it allows us as a practice, it allows us to accept others for who they are. It allows us to see the world through a lens that isn't only our own lived experience. But I think it really starts with this base level existence and understanding that we are all connected, right? And we don't need to name everything and we don't need a framework for everything. You know, it is helpful to have words, right? That's why the word micro joys exists. It's helpful to have a thing to sort of work from, but eventually we have to also be able to live and exist without that by feeling into things. You said something to the point of maybe the point of all of this is just to learn how to exist or just to exist. I think that's one of the most powerful things that have ever been said on this podcast in 450 episodes. I'll take it. I mean, but isn't it so simple? It is. It's profound because it's so simple. That's all any of us need to do. Well, and it removes the control again. It removes, like, we're trying to control our life, other lives, the meaning of life when we try and just figure it all out. And you can't. No. And we can spend a lifetime trying to, or we can Mm -hmm. spend a lifetime living, accepting, experiencing, feeling, joy, sadness. You know, what if there's nothing to figure out? Can I tell you where I've been really coming into this within my own life? You know, in my immediate family, I have my husband and I have my daughter and you know, you go through times in in marriage, we went through earlier on where you have to learn how to communicate and be on the same page. And you go through these ups and downs with one another to get on that same page, but you're working on it, right? Because you're kind of stuck together for life and you're trying to, to work through things. And you have that kind of, you're stuck with it with your child, right? Because they're yours for forever. But in my friendships over the last year, I think I came to the realization that I was searching for the perfect friendships where there was never going to be any conflict. There was never going to be any disagreement or, you know, uh, challenging of ideas that it was just always going to be pretty. And I had to surrender. That's just not how any relationships are. And One day I was in automatic writing with Spirit and they said, Julie, if you're going to keep searching for the perfect friendships, you're going to keep searching until the day you die because they don't exist. And I just realized that I just had to coexist within my friendships and we had to go through the ups energies together and the down energies together and just exist together. And I think that you can bring that idea of just existing into every single area and facet of life. You have said a word there. The last section of Microjoys, there's an essay called Friendship Just in Time. There's another essay called Friendship on My Doorstep. The reason I share those, there are several, is because I talk about friendship throughout the book, right? In this sense, I remember in one of those essays saying, And this is something that I learned over the past few years because I had one of my lifelong friends that just disappeared. She just fell off the planet. And what I say in the book about this is we have to learn to have a much lighter touch when it comes to friends, you know, because so many of us are seeking the person that will be the perfect person, 
right? The perfect, they're going to align with everything that I do and say, and they're just going to feel what I feel. That's not human. They are separate people from us. Yet we have these expectations that they can be everything all the time and that they will never mess up or we will never mess up. But that's just not the way the world exists. And so I think this way of simply existing, yes, but also allowing others to exist too, as they are without needing to change or push or pull or place expectations. You know, it's this simply, it's existing, it's coexisting, it's allowing us all to be in this space and on this plane of existence at the exact same time and do the best we can with what we have and be willing to learn and grow and stretch for the expanse of our lives for however long we're here for. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question for you. You know, as we're writing books, I think what a lot of people don't see, I know that there's a lot of people listening right now who feel in their heart called to write a book one day. And there's this misconception that when you're going to go write a book, you know everything that you're going to put at that book when you first start writing or typing out the first page. And what I found through the process is that spirit brings through just these big aha moments but it comes through the action of actually sitting down and writing. And so I wondered if you could talk to us about the two, three plus like big aha moments or inspiration that you really came to through the process of writing. Yeah. First thing I'll say is I didn't start writing. I am 45. I didn't start writing until I was 35. And this is now my second book, published book. I share that to say that I have never consciously said, I'm going to write a book about this, right? But what I have done is continue to share my thoughts and beliefs. For both of my books, a publisher reached out that I write them and I had to say yes or no. And it, what a privilege, right? But what I know is that my only job is to write. My only job is to share what I am thinking with others, to share my gifts which for me in many ways comes through word, right? It comes through speaking and writing. When I had a book deal, a contract with Penguin Life or Penguin Random House to write Micro Joys, I did not know anything beyond the proposal. You know, I read the book now and I read essays from the book and I kid you not when I say, I'll read something and I'll go, oh, that's good. <laughs> or I'll go back to my first book, you know, A Year of Positive Thinking and I think, because it seems so, I seem so far, I feel so far removed from something I wrote five years ago, but I go back and I'm like, oh, that's so wise. <laughs> and it's not because I'm tooting my own horn, though I think that's acceptable too. It's simply because I feel like the practice of writing is about the act of writing. You know, it will come through you. What needs to be said will be said but not because I've consciously or any of us can necessarily consciously build this plan. And I know a lot of folks in the writing space, that's the lens that they write through. And I think that's okay, right? If you are a person who thrives in deep organization and you feel like you need to know everything before you start, that is a way of writing. It is not my way of writing. And it may not be many of the listeners' way of writing, right? Sometimes, are you familiar with Julia Cameron and the artist's way? Yeah, we've had her on the show. Okay, so that is the brilliance, I think, of her work, the morning pages. It's all channeled. It's channeled, right? It's the act of writing. Like our human job is to commit to the act. 
So let us just sit down and commit to the act of writing and whatever needs to come through us will, you know, and I say this with much of my writing and I'm sure you do as well. I couldn't write Microjoys again. No, no. It was a moment in time. My next book will be another moment in time. So the act of writing is incredibly powerful and you don't need to be a good writer, whatever that means, right? Like we have all of these, I think, ideas that will stop us from writing. As I said, I didn't start writing until a decade ago. And when I say writing, I mean writing on Instagram, not sitting down and blogging. It wasn't that formal. And still I've written two books or I've published two books because that wasn't my job. My job wasn't to worry about that and like who was going to buy the book, who was going to read the book, or my role in that case was to simply allow the words to come. And that's what I've done. And I think for so many of us who who believe that we have a book, don't worry about the how. Just write. Just write. Just write. Just write. I love that. Well, and I want to add to that too, because Spirit's been coming in so much talking to people in my sessions saying that, you know, if let's say the big spiritual texts of the past, any and all religions, right? If those were the only foundational texts and that nobody had an interpretation or books after that, then the energy of that time would have faded away because the momentum of it did not keep going. And so what I truly feel is that God Universe Source inspires people today because we're in the energy and aliveness and experiencing what life is like in this moment. And your interpretation matters. If you have an interpretation, it is a message that God Universe Source needs to bring through you and channel the words through you. And I think that's why I do that too when people are like, you said this, and I'm like, you know what? Faintly remember it, but it's channeled <laughs> through. It. Yeah, I'll take it. But yeah. um, it was channeled through. And so I don't always remember all that was said and you don't re- remember all that was written. But this inspiration comes. And I think what people here need to know is that hope is needed now more than ever and love and peace and joy. And so if you have an interpretation or something calling to you, whether that's a post to put up on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, a video to create or a book to write, it needs to be brought through you because somebody else needs to hear it. Mm. And, and, and again, you know, we talked at the very beginning about how we need to be reminded of things, how we need to be reminded of things. You are going to say something in a way that makes perfect sense to me. And I could read the same exact thing that you read prior to that, and it never made sense to me. We need interpretations. We need it to come through people that exist today in many ways for it to make sense for us today. So yes, please write. And I'm going to (laughs) take this full circle with one more thing. God can't bring that interpretation through you without inspiring you. And that inspiration comes through joy Mm, and hope. And so it is, and hope. And so it is those micro joys during our day that hope that inspires us and gives us everything that we need the strength, the words to be able to create something that somebody else needs to hear, read, watch. Etc. That is it. Yeah. You know, something that just occurred to me was when you were sharing that was hope 
rides on micro joys. Yes. Right? So we we notice these things, these moments of beauty that exist regardless of what we're going through. And hope is riding on the back of that. Yeah. You know, it allows us to feel hope in the midst of all of it, in the midst of the difficulties of existing and the beauty of existing. Yeah. Whew. Somebody once said to me, hope, joy, inspiration are like suitcases that come packed with the energies that you need in that moment in your life. And to your point earlier, I think when you just stop and enjoy them, it's like you're unpacking that suitcase and allowing yourself to step into the energy you're supposed to feel. Mm, Relax into it, really. Yeah. Cindy, you are just such an amazing person. Thank you for all of the beautiful work that you're doing in the world. Your book, Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay, is on Amazon and I'm sure everywhere that books are found. Everywhere. <laughs> it's an amazing book. Where can people find that? Uh, where can they find you? And um, where can they find you on Instagram or TikTok? Oh, well, they can find me on Instagram at Cindy Spiegel. They can find me online at Cindy. I've made it very easy. Cindy Spiegel everywhere. And that's a C-Y-N-D-I-E. But please do come say hello on Instagram. It's where I spend more time than I'd like to. And let me know that you heard us here. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll put all of that information in the show notes. Cindy, when you have your next book, I hope you plan to come back to the show. We'd love to have you on anytime. I sure will. (laughs) Thank you so much. What a joy you are. Thank you. All my love to you. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. 
Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.